0: All right, so uh, when we last left off, I was uh, in either Innsbruck or uh, Vienna, and I, um, I had heard from Freddie, uh, the mountain guide, and he had told me to give the Matterhorn a try. Um, he couldn't go with me because he had already had previously scheduled trips, but he encouraged me to either go with one of his uh, guides who he'd recommended or just to go get one of the local guides in Zermatt they have a, a as it turns out they have a, a a guide center that you go to in zermatt and you can just walk in and sign up for a guide to to climb the matterhorn um okay so uh next journal entry august 17th uh to um august 21st and i guess maybe i should give a little more background um you know, I had come to climb the uh, three classic climbs in the Alps: um, the uh, Mont Blanc, the Eiger, and the Matterhorn. And the Matterhorn was really the one that I was first interested in climbing. Um, and that's where uh, Baylevadash of uh, Alpine Skills International had had told me that I could do it. Really encouraged me to do it. And he said, you know, as as long as you're going to do the Matterhorn, you should um, you can even climb the Eiger and uh, Mont Blanc. And he had connected me with Freddy uh one of his guide partners in uh, Interlaken, and Freddy and I had climbed Mont Blanc and the Eiger, um, and we were on our way to do the Matterhorn, but they had a, a huge rock fall where they had to airlift half the people, or I don't know, all the people who were on the climb at the time out, um, because temperatures had been unseasonably warm and the permafrost was, uh, was thawing so the rock is loose, and at any rate, so that sort of put a kibosh on the Matterhorn, and since that time I had been um, just traveling around the Alps, which was great. I was, you know, seeing a lot of um, uh, the different regions of the Alps, um, Austria, Switzerland, other places in Switzerland, and the Slovenia, uh, Julian Alps, um, and it was really wonderful, but, you know, I was a little disappointed, um, because I had really come to climb the the Matterhorn, out of all of those climbs, that's the one I wanted because, uh, you know, I'd studied mountain climbing when I was a young kid, and um, the matter—I read the story of the first as- ascent of the Matterhorn, and it just seemed epic. It seemed, you know, certainly something that I never thought I would do. And uh, you put it this way: I-, I put a lot of imagination into it, a lot of thought as to what it must have been like for those guys. Climbing the Matterhorn for the first time, you know, I really put myself in their shoes when I was reading their story And, um, you know, it almost seemed like equivalent to, you know If you read about Neil or think about Neil Armstrong going to the moon, you know for me as a kid it was was basically on the same um, the same level so uh, I Really didn't think it was going to happen and uh, then when Freddie encouraged me out of the blue to give it a try, um, you know, I, I decided to do it. And um, I think I'd been deciding, well, maybe I'll go to northern Italy and just keep backpacking or, you know, h- hiking and all that. But, but I figured I really, I should, I should do it. And so uh, anyway, I uh, trained it back from uh, Innsbruck to Zermatt and um, journal entry here, uh, August 17th through August 21st. Made it to the top. Thought the weather would beat me again, but not to be. Arrived in Zermatt on the 18th and hiked the two hours to the Hornley Huta. Before that, had lunch at a cafe on the main drag and watched the, main, the rain pour down. I thought that was it for sure. But I walked up to the hut in the rain. Got so soaked I had to take shelter in a hut with goat shit all over the floor and change pants. Luckily I brought my Gore-Tex shells. When we met our guides, they said we would go for it but didn't know how conditions would be. My guide was a woman, Suzanne. She knows Freddie. After a a fitful sleep, I always get nervous before the climb and think about the worst possible scenarios. We left at 5 a.m., and not five minutes into the climb, a guide quit because his stomach was killing him. Suzanne took his client, John, a 6'4 Norwegian from Oslo. The three of us went up the rope together. There was a ton of rock climbing and a lot of fresh snow. We had crampons on about half hour before the refuge, so we were rock climbing with crampons. It was really cool. Always, wanted or, always w- wanted or wondered what it was like climbing rock and snow. Now I know. You just trust the points on the crampons, but it was awkward, and Suzanne said this day was by far the hardest of the season. I kept telling myself, just like Donner's Summit, and it was just about a trillion times longer. Some of the climbing was really fun. I started getting into it. Some of it, well, most of it was exposed, but the section just below the fixed ropes was out there. You felt like you were rounding a corner on the edge of the world. These guys from Colorado came just for the climb, just came to climb the Matterhorn and they started talking to me. I had burped pretty loudly while we were waiting for some people above and they thought that was funny. They asked if I'd ever done anything like this before. Not even. And that sunk in, that this was a way cool experience. My fingers about froze on the fixed ropes, and then we got up to the roof. I really could have used my ice ice axe up there, but Suzanne told me to leave it at the hut. Stepped very carefully, because it was steep, and then we were at the top. Very narrow summit. They have a steel guardian statue up there. As always, beautiful view, could see Mont Blanc and the Eiger, the sky was clear. Took five hours up and six down. Down killed me. I gave everything I had to get to the top, and the down climb is so tedious, so much rock climbing, and the crampons exaggerated it. I was truly wiped out, the most exhausted I've ever been. I was breathing hard for about an hour after. Spent the night in the hut to recover, met these cool British guys who teach survival skills in the Air Force, and Ed, one of the two guys who did the enclosure with me on the the Tetons. Small world. Relaxed for two days in Zermont and basked in the glory. (laughs) Did more walking around town than last time and liked the town a lot more. The side streets are great. Lots of old wood homes. August 22nd. You have not lived until you have picked up on a girl in a foreign language. They had this great street party in Zermatt. Met a local girl. I asked if we could speak English, but she didn't know, but she didn't know any, any, so I went for it in German. With a little help from her friends, we were able to talk. Stayed out till three. Really hung over today. 8.23 to 8.24 met betsy Zeber, grand Jean, at her in-laws chalet in val de ilias they renovated this old barn into a great mountain chalet up a valley near one of the most expansive ski networks in the alps everyone was very nice i spent the night there and then one night at their apartment right next to lake geneva in pad their kids are adorable alice alice is five emily Emily is four, and Arthur is one. We went for a walk in the mountains on this trail cut into the side of a cliff, and then to a water park with naturally heated water. Very cool family. I am exhausted, though. The kids wore me out. Well, I was pretty stoked to make it to the top of the Matterhorn, I gotta say. Um, It just... I was truly uh I was just almost ecstatic you know just exhilarated in the in the days after and um you know of course that day um that was one of the highlights of of my trip of of my life really I mean it's it's almost a privilege to stand on top of of the Matterhorn um or any mountain like that and there aren't many mountains like the Matterhorn uh if you've never seen it if you love the mountains and you've never seen the Matterhorn you've got to go because I don't you know it there it takes on sort of a um life of its own. I mean it just rises up above um Zermatt and it's so big and it's so majestic and it's so unusual looking that uh it it uh, it has a personification I guess you would say. You know like uh indigenous cultures always, you know almost idolize mountains like that like you know Everest the local population calls it the mother goddess for example and that's kind of how the Matterhorn is it's just so majestic and so beautiful um, and the thing one of the things that in climbing it that was so cool was the exposure you you go up this knife edge basically and you're climbing it unlike the Iger Uh, where you are climbing vertically there was a little more walking on the matterhorn there wasn't any walking it was climbing the whole way up and um it was more interesting as a rock climbing experience um and there's this thing at the very top almost the very top you you climb up this vertical pitch and they have these fixed ropes and you climb over them hand over hand and you know you got your crampons on the rock and you just you make your way up and you get to the top, and they call it the roof. And it's like this, if you look at the Matterhorn, you'll see there's at the very top, there's kind of like a, a part, it's it's not vertical, but it's, it's pretty steep. And, and that's called the roof. And so we walked up that. But, but when you're up there, you have this sensation that you are just literally on the top of the world, because you're so high up, and there's no other mountains in your vicinity. I mean, usually when you're on a mountain, there's You know mountains all around you, and and there's you know like little valleys below, and and on the I on the Matterhorn there's nothing. It's one mountain all by itself, and so when you're up on the tippy top of this roof, it's the coolest, coolest experience. Especially when you walk down, I mean it's almost um, messes with your head because what you're seeing, you're like this can't be possible, (laughs) and yet you there you are. And then on the very very top on the summit, it was a very narrow ridge not very big. Uh, people could sit just below it. A few people were sitting just below it. There had been an old guy who climbed it that day. And I think it was like he was 80 or something. And this was, you know, probably the last time he he had climbed it. He had been a guide and he probably summited like, you know, who knows, hundreds of times. And here he was sitting up here, his last climb, and um, just enjoying the view. And uh, we we walked past them. And there's, I, there's a thing called a... Um, a steel guardian It was like a, it's it was the coolest little statue it's it's steel or tin of some sort very professionally done very artistic and it's like a little angel or something um and they call that a guardian and it just sits right there and you know very few people have seen that thing you know it's kind of cool to have seen it and it's so like it's like something you would never think would be up there but it's almost fitting at the same time just because the whole place is so special Uh, you know it's kind of like of course they built a a little statue there you know it's almost like that thing in um, I can't remember that movie clash of the titans that little owl thing you know it's almost like that but bigger and then and then we get to the top and you know there was no one up there just me and John and and Suzanne and we took some pictures and you know looked out at the views and the views were just spectacular but uh yeah that's what I remember of the kind of the highlights of the day but the more pedestrian things were, you know, when I got to um, Zermatt, I um, went to this, they have a, um, a center, a guide center, and you go there, and you, if there are guides available, you sign up for one. And um, like on the other mountains, it's the, it's the one-to-one ratio. And um, uh, But it's up to you to get to this hut. So you, you just like the other mountains, they have a hut, and it's called the Hornley Huta, and it's just you know below the start of the uh, of the climb and it's about a two-hour hike from Zermatt up there you take a a, a gondola up there and then from there it's about two hours and as I was uh eating lunch in Zermatt it was just pouring rain and I I thought well that's it because they won't climb when it's when there's too much snow on the route and and I really did not expect it to happen and but I, I went up there anyway and um you get to the hut and you meet your guide. So, you know, everybody there is their 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 guide and, and you all meet like three or four of us met together um, or I guess, you know, six or eight of us and um, I just fully expected them to say, you know, due to the snow conditions, you know, we're not going to do it and, and they said, you know, it doesn't look great, but it, we think it might be doable and we're going to go for it. <laughs> And I still really didn't think it would happen. I've been on too many of these mountain climbing experiences. And when there's weather, they shut it down. They never go. They never risk it. Um, But uh, And I was really scared on this one too because when I got there, they had pictures of the climb. And you look at the route. And again, there was no comfort in it at all. I mean, it's it's so much vertical climbing. And um, there's this place where they have the fixed ropes near the top and that looked pretty freaky and um a- anyway i was pretty scared i got, i i got to say so really another experience where i really did have to overcome some fear like serious fear um not many times in my life i've had to do that but certainly on these climbs i i did and it's like the fear there's nothing you can do about it you can't make it go away you know you can't make it feel better it's just it's there <laughs> Um, it is anyway, so, but we woke up early and we started out and like I said, um, we added John to our team because, uh, his, his guide, uh, got sick and, um, you know, I I can't remember every part of the climb, but we put on, um, crampons fairly, maybe like after an hour or something because of the snow, because there was snow all over the, um, there's like two to three inches of snow all over the route and um and then you then it goes vertical, and you were we were doing pitch climbing, um you know it's probably like a five six five seven, but you're doing it in your crampons, and uh I love to climb and it was it was it was great fun, and I was getting into it um and you know it it's just it's very exposed as you're doing it, so it's 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 just thrilling, and I do remember one part where I don't really want to say something bad almost happened, but, um, I got a little cocky and I kind of, I grabbed for a hold and I slipped and John, uh, pulled the rope and like righted me. And I, you know, if he didn't do that, I don't know what would happen, but it may have pulled us off or made them, um, you know, dig in, drop and dig in or something. But luckily I'll never know. But you know, I guess you have to, when the mo when you get lucky, sometimes you, maybe you got to acknowledge it. But, uh, anyway, then, then you, once we got past that, that there's a part of the climb, it's kind of like a little nose, it sticks out. That was so cool to walk on top of that. You just felt, you know, just, you're just totally exposed. You got thousands of vertical feet all around you. And, uh, then you get to the part with the ropes and, um, You know I just remember you just you just do it and um it wasn't easy uh you know it's pretty hard on your upper body but uh you get to the top of that and then and there's that part called the roof and it was snow covered and you know you just feel like you're you're standing on the 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 tip of a needle um and then we're on the top like I said um and uh you know getting down was tough i i forget a lot of that but i do remember being extremely um you know not like i bonked i'd almost bonked i guess you'd say and it was just tedious um and i was going slow um but you know you have to down climb all that rock climbing that you went up and um uh it wasn't belaying you had to down climb a lot of it if i remember correctly and i had uh before in my through my 20s I had had a bad left knee because when I taught ski school I I didn't tear my ACL but I strained it and it never really worked correctly anymore and to this day still doesn't and what that means is the knee is kind of loose and in my 20s um it it really affected me like I couldn't run and so for this trip I really worked on it for a year leading up to it and um and strengthened it and everything and walking in the Alps and everything I think made it stronger but it it sort of um, hit its limit on this climb and I remember that I feeling that knee and that was causing me to go slowly but anyway when we made it down normally I would have uh, uh, gone back down to Zermatt but I was so tired I literally I was breathing heavy for like an hour just sitting at the the hut outside and just kind of yeah, you know, just feeling so good about the whole thing, but just completely um, spent. And um, so I didn't walk down that afternoon. I just spent the night at the hut just to recover. Um, anyway, what an experience. And uh, spent the, the um, next couple of days in Zermatt just looking at the mountain. I mean, just, you know, at the sunsets were gorgeous. You look at this beautiful mountain and just remembering the climb and just kind of marveling at the fact that I stood on top of it and uh I remember those um guys I met from England who who climbed it they just climbed it on their own um and I hung out with them one night we got beers one night went out and then I had like a little street party and I met some people there and you know like I said practiced my German picking up on a on a woman and um and uh, a and strange thing at that, that Hornley Huta I, I had uh, tried to climb the Grand Teton a few years before that, and uh, there were a couple guys in my group, and uh, we couldn't go to the top. But uh, two of us with a guide went to this, this part um, just maybe, I don't know, not far below the summit of the Grand Teton. And it's called the enclosure because there's like a little, uh, in uh, a, a little uh, round circular thing with backrests. Grant, you know, the, they took rock and made backrests, and it's where the Indians used to hang out. And, um, anyway, one of these guys, his name was Ed. Well, he was in the, the Hornley Hootah the night I came down. <laughs> I mean, it's just so random. But, uh, anyway, then I, um, I uh, visited some friends from Cupertino. So Betsy Zeber was part of the swim and racket club on the swim team and her brother Rob and, uh, and and her dad, their dad was in my dad's lab at Stanford in one of his classes. Anyway, so we hung out with the Zebers, but Betsy married a Swiss guy and um, they, she and her family lived in uh, that town uh, on Lake Geneva. And so uh met them for a few days and her kids were like really cute and hung out and everything and um and then um then the my alps experience was over <laughs> and then i uh well i'll tell you where i went on my next trip but if i could summarize i would say this was really one of the highlights of my overall travels was the Alps, because these climbs for someone who loved, who grew up loving the outdoors and climbing and um, hiking and backpacking and being really, you know, I even read about these climbs. It was truly just special um, things that you know I never really expected to do something like this, and um, and and those were really amazing experiences, and. Um, just the, the long summer of, of being able to hike and be healthy and through these different regions in the Alps, um, the hut-to-hut hut hiking and time to think. And um, I always remember that time in the Alps. That was really a great time in my life.